1: And good afternoon and welcome to the MCG. If you've just joined us all with thanks to Beaumont Tiles, Australia's biggest, great to be with you for what is one of the feature matches on the AFL season. Maybe doesn't quite hold the same esteem in terms of where these two sides are at in particular, I guess Hawthorne, but the Cats and the Hawks certainly made this game their own and the rivalry has almost always delivered, let's hope it does, on this Easter Monday. So if you're making your way back, winding your way somewhere around the country, back to Home after an Easter holiday, take it easy, sit back and enjoy what hopefully will be a terrific clash here from a, a gloomy, it has to be said, MCG under grey skies. The forecast was for rain all day. We haven't quite had that, but it will be a little slippery underfoot. Great to be alongside the great Dwayne Russell, who was here yesterday afternoon for a thrilling finish, a thrilling comeback between Carlton and Port Adelaide. And he's gone understated this afternoon, uh, ladies and gentlemen, just the four coffees, two cokes. And a very, very bright pair of, uh, of yellow shoes. Afternoon to you,
0: Dwayne. I'm not sure I'll be up to my normal calling quality today because it's only a gluten-free, grilled vegetable wrap that's left in the oh. fridge. So I'm normally going for something a bit more meaty than that, but I should be okay. Hey, um, not as many cars coming up the highway as well. What I'm normally used to a log jam about Laverton, Point Cook. There wasn't one today. I'm just a bit worried the crowd might be down today. Not so, as many coming up from it's the It's a
1: Hawthorne home game today, yes, isn't it? Is. So that would obviously affect how many Geelong
0: people would come. But and normally they get up here early. The holidays will be coming home now, so sometimes it starts to. Get a little slow on that freeway, so if we're on the freeway heading home from holiday, uh, drive safely.
1: Yeah, indeed, uh, we'll get Dwayne up and about shortly once yep. he gets a couple of those coffees down. I'm sure he'll have a little bit more North energy. Street Nathan Stoke. Jones, it's great to have you, the former Melbourne captain and champion, and his old team uh, just keeps chugging along, feeling like they're almost unbeatable. Uh, Jonesy, thanks for joining us.
2: <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to today. Should be, I'm actually excited about this game. I think it, um, you know, I'd love to see a response from the from the Hawks and. Um, I'm really interested to see how the Cats are going to go. I love watching their forwards in particular. Um, yeah, it should be a good one, hopefully.
1: You can get involved on the Southern Phone open line, switch and save with Southern Phone mobile plans. Uh, we're going to speak to James Kelly shortly inside the Geelong camp. As a player then from a, from another club, do you, and as you went on, Melbourne started to, ha- to have some of these bigger games and obviously the uh, the Anzac Day Eve one became one and, and the Monday was always a huge game. So did, did you were you jealous of other clubs I suppose when they as a a player when you when you watch say the Anzac Day game with with Essendon and this one with Hawthorne and Geelong yeah
2: absolutely I think uh like when we struggled throughout you know probably a big chunk of my career um you know the one that I always look forward to was a Queen's birthday uh you know generally we'd always get a pretty good crowd for that and those games were okay but as we uh improved as a team and we were on the rise again and, you know, uh, Melbourne supporters essentially came out of the woodwork. Um, you know, we absolutely loved and relished opportunities where we would, you know, get huge crowds. You know, you didn't... Uh, internally, when you were preparing for the game, you didn't really build it up as being any bigger or more important. But as a player and amongst the playing group, you were really excited
1: knowing that. So, so, so um, and then we always hear, you know, don't try to win or loss any different build up give respect to the opposition all the same and the coaches might live that in how they deliver and your preparation but so where is it different for a player is it yeah in your... this is
2: well that's the that's what I was about to get to that's where internally the players knew that this is a bigger game as far as we've got more eyeballs on it there's more people gonna be at the ground bigger crowd more energy and that's sort of what you lived for as a player really so as much as you didn't address it from a coaching point of view their communication all week was around trying to keep you focused on the process and you know no game is you know obviously you're not earning any more points playing in a bigger game in front of a bigger crowd we just want to get the result but for a player it was
1: you're human aren't you yeah
2: absolutely you've got that energy and the excitement knowing that hey this is this is the kind. These are the games that you dream of as a kid. You come to the G, and there's going to be a big crowd, and you're not, you know, you're not uh, sort of spotting the the vacant seats everywhere because you know the you, you're a, you're a good team, you're a big team, you have got a lot of supporters, and um and they're all coming to watch you play. So it's hard not to as a, from a playing perspective to not get excited about that. And I think that's the balance, and obviously it's the challenge uh, in professional sport to sort of be hard to control those emotions, but ultimately um, it's pretty hard to when, when you know what's coming.
0: It's a different world these days as well. You've got Isaac Smith down there having a chat to Sam Mitchell. Mm. Just, uh, he's, he's amongst the Hawthorne guys, so yep. what are we, an hour and 15 minutes away from the bounce of the ball? Yep. And here he is immersed in a little bit of Hawthorne chat. So the world's changed. It's a, it's a workplace these days. He's going to work. He's not clocking on just yet. But he'll punch his card, what, in about half an hour's time? What's the yeah. build-up like? Because no, to so. me, I mean, old school. That never would have happened. It would never have happened.
2: Yeah, I think it, it's different for different guys. Like, you look down there and you see that, but then you look to the far side and there's already guys fully kitted up, having a kick, warming up. It's sort of, uh, you know, it's up to the individual, really. I know I know internally there'd be no issue with that. Like, obviously, here's no. got um, such a... Long no, I've got comative. no issue
0: with it either. It's just just a little strange. It's just It a, is.
2: It's sort of a... It's a I, reminder I know reminder that it's a
0: workplace. And I,
1: but Isaac is, you know, he's the most laid-back guy
0: you've
2: Absolutely, ever yeah. So that's what I mean. That's why it comes down to the individual.
1: I have no doubt in... He's probably playing mind games with Sam. I wouldn't, oh, yes. I wouldn't be surprised.
2: I wouldn't be surprised. There's probably something in that, but... Because
1: um, he's not quite as laid-back as, <laughs> <yes. laughs>
2: as Isaac. Absolutely. No, he's fired right up. Um, And so he should be, really. I think, um, yeah, he's... uh, I think it was interesting with... Mitch, you know, obviously new coach, but it was like some people were almost writing him off before he even started, and I think, yeah, I sort of love the way they've started yep. this year. I think they've shown some really positive signs and... um
1: and today will be interesting in that case, won't it? Yeah, I, it'll be a big challenge. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, and that's, I think you'd expect a response, and that's why I think I come here with some excitement. You're not really knowing 100% what the Hawks have put out, but you look at their recent history, I think they've played some really good games, they've shown some good signs. They did um, cop a little bit of a hiding last week, and you'd expect to see a response from them. And obviously, then you add into the fact that it's the Easter Monday game. There's history between these teams, big crowd. Geelong are a really, you know, uh, you know, top end team. There's a lot of uh, sort of motivation that the Hawks can draw on, and you'd hope that that sort of uh, builds to being
1: the spectacle spectacle that we're used to, uh, particularly on this game. Dead calm at the moment at the MCG. As we said, the rain has stayed away for now, and hopefully it'll stay this way for the rest of the day. And that I think Hawthorne would probably like it to to not be too wet because they like the game. They like to play with that runoff half back. It might be stymied somewhat if if the if the weather uh, starts to to come down again. AFL Nation for Sports Power. Get the latest Puma Footy boots in store at Sports Power now. Um, we are going to speak to James Kelly shortly, but let's just spend a couple of minutes on a couple of the hot topics, and we'll come back to them and, and take some more calls. Probably it's, it's Essendon and a couple of the other teams and just where they're at. And, and just from a from an, a bomber's point of view, uh, Nathan, when you've come into a season, you've made the finals the year before, the expectations are that things will continue to improve. They've obviously had difficult opponents. They've had players out. How, how, what would be going on inside the, the club after a really brutally disappointing loss in the second half, particularly yesterday against Fremantle?
2: Oh, I think somewhat without knowing, obviously, it intimately, they'd be scratching their heads for sure. Um, and I've been in that position. Um, you know, we made a prelim the following year. We finished second bottom, I think it was. Um, so, yeah, it's a, and I reckon right now is probably the point in time where they're going to start going back through everything and be like, what have we missed here? Um, you know, I've seen them play a few times this year. It's just been a real inconsistency around their output in some of the really key areas you know the teams that are really good in this day and age you know how much has it sort of gone back to being so strong around the contest good at clearance you know strong defensively has, is now sort of propelling i think I've, I've read a stat the other day that you know you win contested ball you win clearance you're actually at an 80 percent chance of winning the game which yep. is like that's when you look back to even in recent times richmond Uh, You know, they are a lot more of a rebound kind of team. So I think Essendon would be really scratching their heads around the inconsistency. You know, what did they do with uh, pre-season? You know, what what are they really valuing internally? And are they getting or giving, uh, you know, the minimum level of required effort to execute what Ben Rutten's trying to achieve?
1: Things are always complicated by injuries, aren't they? It's it's a bit like Port Adelaide, who hasn't had Charlie Dixon. I know Aaliyah came back yesterday, but those players that are structurally so important. It is a, a long list of players that Essendon have out. So I always feel like in footy, one of the most important things if you are struggling is knowing what's real and what's not real. So add those players back in, particularly Stringer and Merritt around the ball, McDonald, Tip and Woody up forward, even Langford just as a slightly different kind of player. Snelling came back for a week. He was back out again. Versus system and, yeah. and other teams have... They'll reel off four or five players we've got out, but we're still delivering. So it's so hard for a club, I I reckon.
2: Absolutely. I think that's probably one of the more difficult things is finding perspective in that and, you know, how relevant a lot of people, no matter what situation you're in, you can draw on almost, not an excuse, but like a reason as to why. I think all they can do is look at the controllables and what they can control internally and, I think looking you know, at how they performed yesterday, I just would have expected a you know a more dour effort yep. from them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think you can walk away, and no one wants to be a part of honourable losses, but it's it's about the effort and visually, and uh, you know, consistently just you know that you can see that there's an absolute desperation in the way they play and you know there's probably question marks on that um and the consistency of them being able to do that i've seen games where they have been terrific this year but they just haven't been able to put it together for long enough but you walk away and you go well they lost the game but you know um Mm. we saw signs whereas and i reckon now there's uh, there'd be an element of frustration internally building as to why 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 like why can't we bring this for four quarters kind of thing and There will be an element of reviewing some of those key players out. Obviously, that leaves big holes, but, um, you know, it's uh, the consistency thing and, you know, the minimum requirement
1: is probably the question mark. Yeah, they're conceding so many scores and lots of goals in a row, so that remains an ongoing problem for them. We'll come back to the Bombers. We will take a short break, close some commitments, and then speak to James Kelly before we return to some of the other issues of the round. This is the final game of round five Hawthorne and Geelong from the MCG. AFL Nation for Sports Power. We'll get the latest Puma footy boots in store at Sports Power now.
3: You're listening to the 2022 Premiership Season on AFL Nation for Beaumont Tiles. For all your tiling needs, in stock now.
1: One hour and four minutes to the bounce down at the MCG. It's your Easter Monday clash on AFL Nation for Sports Power. Get the latest Puma footy boots in store at Sports Power now. Nathan Jones, Dwayne Russell and Anthony Hudson with you this afternoon. James Kelly's going to join us in just a moment. The Geelong assistant coach. Uh, We'll return to Essendon and some of those teams that are struggling. But, uh, Dwayne, you were here at the... Well, we wait for James to be ready. You were here yesterday at the MCG. What a thriller. What a comeback from uh, Port Adelaide and... Unfortunately, from a Port point of view, uh, Carl Amon just wasn't quite sure how to approach that 55-metre
0: kick. No, he's kicked one goal late for the season, so I don't think he was ever a chance to actually kick it. He didn't realise he was probably never a chance, and then the long bomb to the square probably wasn't the go. But the bottom line is, Carl was so good early. I mean, their first half of footy was unbelievably good. Port Adelaide was unbelievably bad. It was a ridic- ridiculous turnaround in the game. But the beauty is, um, in some ways, footy so good to watch at the moment, and the team can come from 50 points down. So it sounds silly to say, well, um, Carlton is going to be a finalist and Port Adelaide's not. There's not that much between the two teams, but getting the job done is still a win-loss business. Yeah. So and Port Adelaide 0-5 now. Yeah.
1: Well, Vossi talked about, you know, they've been out, it wasn't perfect, but they mm. banked the wins early in the year.
0: Carlton's got Fremantle, Adelaide and North Melbourne the next three games. Fremantle's going to be tough, but if Carlton can win two of those next three, and you'd think they'd be favourite against North Melbourne and probably Adelaide, then all of a sudden they're probably going to win enough games to make the eight. I don't think they can win the flag, but momentum's a beautiful thing as well. So you fall in for a couple of games like, like they have. They've got a great... Pair of key forwards that oh. might be the two best key forwards in the competition yeah. as a combo.
1: And Harry did it again. He did it against Hawthorne and he did it yesterday. He took that mark, mm. just a match saving mark almost uh, in the last minute.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So they're fun at the moment, Carlton. I'm really enjoying watching them play. Absolutely. Yeah, they're, they're my
2: uh, favourite team in the comp at the minute to watch Lock, like, And it's a shame Cripps is not out there because I think he just adds another dynamic. He's like, I've got a genuine man crush on watching <laughs> him play as a midfielder. But, um, yeah ultimately I think they've got a, such a great blend of talent and now you can see the system that Fosse's put in place and yeah they're just exciting to watch and along with that has come just a wave of Carlton supporters and I don't know if you boys have been at the ground but it's such an awesome sort of sense of energy when
1: yeah. they get up and going. Well, and, um, I was here for Carlton Hawthorne and you were here yesterday. Yeah I? and I
0: think as a commentator I mean, I probably, and I'm sure Hado's doing it too, shutting up more now than we have been able to for the last couple of years because the crowd buzz, the crowd bubble, and I think you actually mentioned it in an article a couple of weeks ago, Hado, that crowd bars and bubble, um, you can just let it talk. You don't actually have to commentate every kick, mark, handball and you know, second of, of sound is not provided by you in an empty stadium with no sound. It, it's a great background track we're getting now.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And uh and those teams, particularly a team on the rise like the Blues, it's um you can feel the energy in the mm. in the stadium because their supporters, oh, are the fans are ha- so yeah, starved, are not they? Absolutely. They've been so Melbourne starved in. for so long
1: and going up, they they were feral, those Carlton. I mean, and like I used to go to Princess Park because I was mm. living across the road. Go over at three quarter time for the you know Cheapskate one out, one quarter of a footy to watch it at the end. And it was in a period in the early nineties where they were they were okay and then they were no they weren't great. So they would turn on their own <laughs> as well, which was great to watch. But yeah, they've been
0: so starved to success, and you can you can really see and feel the difference, can't you? So where do they go, Carlton Jonesy? Can they actually? threatened this year or not i think they're going to make the eight because they're just accumulating too many wins now and i think they've got a good enough form to make the eight i don't think they can win the flag but who's to say they can't continue to get better their effort level you know has dropped off in a couple of games but in terms of you know their their midfield structure when they get crips back um Pittnet's a pretty good ruck yep uh walsh is fantastic they've, they've got a few nuts and bolts to put together a a Pretty good year, yeah, absolutely. And it's not just that midfield group,
2: it's you've already touched on the forwards, it's even their defensive setup. Um, you know, obviously, sort of surrounded by you know, Wiedering. And well, Wiedering
0: then... played that uh, that Stephen May role in that last quarter, he yeah. dropped a kick behind the ball, yep, and made sure that he could be the goalkeeper if Port Adelaide got over the top,
2: yep. And they've got some bounce with Sard and um, Williams, Williams. yeah. And, and then, obviously... And
0: Hewitt's been great.
2: Yeah, so the depth of their midfield is really, obviously, helping them. They don't really lose anything when a player goes in or out, comes off the ground, goes forward. And it's probably allowed them to, you know, when Cripps does play, to, you know, add some versatility to him. It seems like he pushes a lot harder forward because they've got more depth to sort of help defend. They've got, obviously, a really clear system in place. I am pretty bullish about them. The, the challenge for them will be just consistency, And can they sort of maintain their composure, continue to look for incremental improvement? Like they're obviously playing a good enough style that wins games of footy. Now it'll be about, you know, refining that and then bringing the level of effort that makes that system and their group function at a really high level for longer. And I remember as Melbourne built, it was like every week was like a chance to learn win or loss. And it seems like Vossies are similar it's he's not so much writing too much on the result but it, internally they would just be reviewing how they're playing how they're executing and you know obviously fundamentally the i guess statistics that they're trying to sort of aim for and it'll be a challenge of them just reproducing that game after game you know there's going to obviously be different situations as far as ground and weather as as we as the year mm. goes on you know it's all those opportunities and for them to just every chance they get continue to sort of step up to the plate and have a crack at it and that's where they'll they'll gain the most confidence and belief and i'm pretty uh i'd be really bullish about you know, what they're capable of. You said before, momentum's a wonderful thing. And, um, you know, the more they win games, the more they're going to continue to believe, which makes them
0: uh, a threat. And DeConan couldn't get a game yesterday. So they've got some good guys that are putting selection pressure on us. Well, he's a, he's going to be a star, I think. So for him to not be able to get into that team... It's a structural call, though, I would yeah, imagine. Yeah, it is, that, but they, at the same they time... Had all
1: the, they had them all playing, and then they've... Yeah. Pitnet went out and De Koning was the main ruck and, and then they swapped them for yesterday. But they rucked Silvani yesterday, which worked. Well, I've liked that. I've seen that. I think they
2: might have done that when yeah, I watched yeah. the game. Yeah, In, they have, in yeah. the end of last and year. But, but, but I was it.
0: surprised. That maybe they could do it against Port because they had a, a first game ruck in yeah. Sam Hay, So maybe they could take that chance against Port because Port didn't have a second ruck. Is it going to work against Melbourne? No. It's not going to work against Jackson and Gorn, is it? But but at the same time, they played De Koning and Pittnet against Melbourne and... You've all of a sudden got a yeah. dual right combo. No,
2: I think you sort of, I think that's, a, they're obviously in a position where they're tr- sort of testing that out, which mm. is a luxury to have. Uh, the next layer of them becoming a really good side is going to be that the development of the sort of next layer that sits underneath that puts pressure on the guys that play in the 22 23 every week. And the challenge of most clubs is to sort of find that depth. So you lose one and then you just replace them with another one. And, um, I guess in that situation, I like the idea of Silvani playing as a second ruck because he adds more versatility. We've seen how, how good he can be as a forward. If he can just you know, learn the craft to almost nullify those contests when he might have to just chop
1: out for four or five minutes, that's a real string to their bow. Uh, we're still waiting for James Kelly just a minute or so away I, off, uh, off the temper text. Can you ask Jones <laughs> if he thinks Carlton or more 17 demons or 18 demons? Well, that's 27 <laughs> or 28. In fact, before, we'll give you some time to think oh, about nice. that, Jones. Because, because James Kelly, the Geelong assistant, is ready for us downstairs here at the MCG. James, afternoon. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, this day, you've played on it plenty of times and it was always an incredible clash, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, it's always exciting. Um, I was a little bit late getting to the game today. After as many times as I've been here as a player, I forgot about the Easter Monday traffic coming back up the highway. But, um, yeah, it's an exciting, exciting day. And, you know, wherever any team is on the ladder, we come with an attitude that the day could be ours if we played the right way and, and so do they and it makes for good footy, good for everyone really.
1: The, the Geelong team of your day, as good as they were moving the ball didn't mind it, it was a bit overcast and wet, particularly the bloke who won number three but as a coach what do you think of uh, from a, a wet weather point of view if in fact the rain comes this afternoon?
3: Uh, Look, you talk to the players about simplifying things a little bit. I think standing down here now the way it is, I I don't really think you have to change an enormous amount. If the rain comes on a bit heavier, uh, ball gets a bit greasier, then obviously simplify things, take the ball forward still in a contest. Um, Sometimes flicking the ball around can be a bit, um, you know, not so advantageous for you. So... But the other thing is, we've got supreme confidence in our forwards. So if we kick the ball forward and get the ball in a contest down there, that's sort of the key message. Go forward, not backwards, and back our guys in ahead of the ball.
2: Cal, some of the youth you guys have uh, added to the team, and um, Sam De Koning would be one that would have Cats fans very excited. How good can he be, and who are the others that have caught your eye?
3: Uh, it's sort of him and Max Holmes are the, the main two sort of new guys. Holmes, he's played a few games last year, um, but DK is sort of coming in and he, he's a really talented kid, you know, he's got a lot of ability for a big guy, he's really good on the ground, reads the ball really well, um, you know, he's got all the attributes you'd like in a young key back, a key position player, he can go both sides. Um, but, you know, we've just got to help him through it. You know, he's not going to be a superstar overnight, but we're really confident in his talent. And, and Holmes is the other one. He's probably a bit further along in his progression than DK. But, um, you know, he's a, a really good kid, hard worker, elite runner, good ball user, you know, all the attributes you like in young midfielders. So, um, you know, we'll support them as best we can over the next few years and hopefully they turn into the players that, um, that Cats fans want them to be.
2: And you get Selwood and Stewart back. Surely the skipper would be feeling fresh after his week off.
3: He's fresh as a daisy, the old horse. He's, um, yeah, he's chomping at the bit, which is great. And, you know, any team's a better team with Tom Stewart in it. So we're up with him too.
1: Well, you must be pleased, though, to have that win without Joel, but probably even more so without Tom Stewart, given what happened at the end of last year.
3: Yeah, it's really good, you know, it, you know, you don't want to take anything away from how good those players are, but we like to think we've got a bit of a flexible system and we, we trust the players a lot just to get themselves in positions where they can support each other and where they feel like they can play their best footy and, uh, you know, the, the formation is is really important to us and it's supported by the Grian uh, Myers and Luke Dalhouse and Brad Close and Mark Blitzarves who can go anywhere and Jack Henry can play small and tall and all those sorts of guys. So. Um, we feel like, genuinely feel like, if we take anyone out of our lineup, we can uh, we can still be a, a really good side and a really well connected
1: side. So, Jasny has just been confirmed as the sub, and it's James Warple for Hawthorne. Is, is, is that kind of just a rotation thing as well with uh, with Jasny or is that just um, a selection?
3: No, he's on the on the management merry-go-round. Um, we're sort of I think Scotty's spoken about it publicly. We feel like we've got a squad of 30 players that um, we can roll through, and sort of touching on. A- more about our formation and and guys coming in and out. Uh, we feel like that'll give us the best chance, you know, throughout the year, play consistent footy to to keep guys fresh. and Collar's and a really important play for us, and he's just bought into that like everyone else has. and He takes his turn and has a week off, like the captain did the other week. So um, the the beauty about having him as the sub as a as a tall is if you know we have a forward go down we can swing a back forward and he gives us a bit of flexibility not just picking on a runner um, you know in in sort of any of those outside positions so we're really happy with how the team looks.
1: What's the biggest threat Hawthorne uh, offer today from what you've seen so far?
3: I think their defenders are pretty potent Um, they like coming off and intercepting the ball and and they are happy to take a bit of a risk with the ball in hand you know know, from what I've watched they move the ball really well and they can kick goals in a hurry so um, for us you know, sort of tempering that ball, that ball movement a bit, especially getting to the outside, will be crucial. Um, I think any team, you don't want to, you know, let them get a bit of a run on and, and the momentum sort of, I've noticed been talked a bit about in footy recently, but um, it's always a bit of a thing. And I think with Hawthorne, that's just a bit exacerbated by how well they can move the ball um, when, when they get the opportunity
0: to. So what have you new assistant coaches caused Scotty to do that he might not otherwise have done? Oh,
3: I'll cut his hair? <laughs> 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 I don't, look, I don't know. I think, um, you know, I think at the moment we're working really well as a group and um, it's been a bit talked about how we don't really have lines. and yeah. so areas. how does work? Well, it just works in the way that we just review... Certain things and particular items from the game as a group. Um, there might be things where Scotty just says, you know, Cal, can you dig a little bit more into that this week? Or Grigor might be the same, or Nigel. And um, Scotty's obviously a highly intelligent footy person. So um, we just sort of all chip in and, you know, we feel really comfortable that anyone can have a say and an opinion on what goes on in any area of the ground. Um, you know, we've. We haven't sort of said it this way, but we all sort of park our egos at the door. We're all coaches, we all know what we're doing, and we all know how to coach, and the, the players are going to be better if they've got more access to more coaches, not just their line coaches.
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's fascinating. If Geelong wins the flag, everyone will do it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's, it's, I mean, if, if we get bundled out in the first week of the finals, everyone will say it was a terrible idea and we should all get sacked. But...
0: Who decides what vision edits you do? Who
3: decides? Well, we all
0: do as a group. Okay. So,
3: uh, yeah, we plan the review together and, you know, we might chip in and say, oh, I reckon this might be valuable this week. Have a look at a bit of this. Or or what do we feel like the theme of the review might be? If we decide that, then the edits just sort of plug themselves in. Um, It's not to say we don't disagree on things and we don't, you know, have discussions and debates, but it's from a point of view is that we're all in it together. We're not, you know, pointing a finger at any one area or saying one area is better than the other. It's just. What we got to do as a team to to play well, and we say that to the players out on the field. You know, we we play a formation and we can plug people in and out. So we've got to live that as coaches as well.
0: Will everyone get rested? So Collard, Jazney, Selwood, will everyone get a rest during the year? Oh, I look. I wouldn't say everyone. You know, there's. We'd like to think that we'd get
3: everyone as fresh as we can at the end of the year. It's hard to say that everyone will get rested, but the intention of um, of the group and of the coach. Is to get everyone as fresh as we can at the right end of the year. So um, there may be some guys who get rested multiple times, and some guys who don't get rested at all. Um, You know, we work with the players with that. It's not a we're telling them what to do all the time. We're working with them what's best for them. And you know, you might plan a rest one week, and then we have an injury, and they don't get a chance to rest. So uh, it's an overall management program through their training as well, not just their, their match day.
1: And just finally, so much has been spoken again about Tom Hawkins after his performance last week. He is a marvel, isn't he? 306 games, uh, 678 goals, kind of on par with a couple of the other big forwards that are still like Kennedy and Revolt and so so forth in the competition. But he's probably playing as good footy now as, as he ever has, and
3: he's such a team player. Yeah, I, you know, the, the way he... Um, You know, puts his arm around his teammates and and wants what's best for them, and uh, wants them to play better than he does. And you see that in the way he shares the ball, and the way he talks and communicates, and the empathy that he does that with with everyone who rolls through any part of the the ground is is second to none, I I believe. And um, you know, the the thing people don't understand about Tom too is he's always out on the training track. He's not an older player who puts the cue in the rack, you know, for the early part of the week and just comes out and does one drill and goes back inside. He's out there for absolutely every training session we have. Um, In my time that I've been back here since November, I haven't seen him miss a session and it just speaks for, you know, his sword's always sharp, his his craft is the best in the competition, he doesn't miss goals much. Mainly because he's just out there working on it every single day, and um, you know he's a fantastic leader for anyone who comes into our club.
1: So who were some of the older players that only just did one session and, you know, and then uh, one? There's one
3: of them on the microphone now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, very, very good. Beautifully answered. Hey, James, thanks for your time and uh, good luck this afternoon. Cheers. Good call, guys. James Kelly, the Geelong assistant, former star himself, with the Cats. Final team changes, so no late changes, as I said. Jake Jazney, will be the medical sub for the Cats. And James Warple, who we, we, uh, we had some feedback off air suggesting that given the conditions that he might come in, but... He hasn't, but he is there uh, in case of emergency.
0: The conditions are actually really good right now. There's not a breath of wind. So in terms of being able to hit targets, I know it's slippery, so the ball's going to have a little bit of slipperiness because the grass is wet. But if it doesn't rain again for the rest of the day and we don't have a breath of wind for the rest of the day, the actual conditions, given that it's not super warm for a player, Jonesy, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that there has
2: been a little bit of rain actually makes it a little bit sticky. Mm. um, you know, for, for both teams that are very good at ball movement, shouldn't absolutely should make for a good game.
1: Yeah, and the radar at the moment, it, it looks reasonably clear. There's weather sort of going ab- above to the north, but whether any of that comes down or not remains to be seen. So it might be clear for the rest of the afternoon. Who knows? We'll take a break. AFL Nation for Sports Power, you can get involved as well. Give us a call if you've got some thoughts on the issues or on today's game, uh, you can get involved Give us a call. AFL Nation for Sports Power. We'll get the latest Puma footy boots in store at Sports Power and that Southern Phone open line. Switch and save with Southern Phone mobile plans. AFL Nation from the MCG. The Cats are going through their ream warm ups out on the MCG and uh, this is sort of the early warm up. We're still. 40 minutes away from the opening bounce. Nathan Jones, Dwayne Russell and Anthony Hudson with you as we continue to go through some of the issues from the weekend. And uh, just from a Port Adelaide point of view, to when, when you do get to that situation where the expectations were one thing and the results, even though they turned things around a bit yesterday, Jonesy, how do they approach selection from here on in, do you think? Do you, do you just, at this stage of the year, do you change nothing and you're just still trying to do your very best to win and play over? Or do you start to experiment a little bit yeah, in the second half, I think Travis Boat came out of the midfield. Do you do a bit more of that and give that opportunity to some of the younger players?
2: Oh, I think there's an element of that for sure. Um, I think the biggest thing they need to address is why can they play like they did yesterday after what quarter time, half time, um, and get themselves what, 50 points down <laughs> to almost win the
0: game? Why? why? Well, you because and I have talked about this the great players play well every week. The guys who are only okay or good players do have that problem. They yeah. They just can't find it every week. And I, I was one of those guys. So, you know, the Healy's and Bradleys and and Greg Williams and all those guys, they might have one bad game a year, maybe two bad games a year, and they really, very rarely played a bad quarter. So... That's the that's the sign of greatness to me. It's it's not about whether you win a Brown or whether you win a Norm Smith. That's one sign. But if you can play 250, 300 games of consistent, really, really good. If you went back and had your career again, could you do? They're not saying you no. could be Craig but No. So were you
1: not physically capable? I could of doing in the Or
0: mentally capable? Because because you didn't always come up against really good opposition in the sandfall. So I could in the sandfall. But in the AFL, you come up against a good opposition pretty much every week, and I. I, back in my day, did do that. I mean, you come up, you know, Chris Mew, Langford, uh, all those guys, you're coming up against good players every week. And I think that that is the issue right now, I think, for the consistency factor of a but, lot of but players. what is it as a player that... It's it, the intangible thing about human nature. Right, so some guys so just can't it's that can't built-in do it. competitiveness and Well, I think, I think there is still... One, one thing, you know, it's not about me, but I, I did bring effort. So if, I, if there's one thing that I did bring every week, it was effort. But there were some weeks where I couldn't hold my marks. There were some weeks where I just found the ball just kept getting punched away from me by a good defender. So some weeks, you're you know, bitten by a better guy. But effort is something that I was sort of proud of bringing every week. My intensity, I thought that, OK, well, I'll, I'll lay four tackles here or I'll affect this contest in this way by crashing into it and bringing it to ground even though I'm not marking well today. So effort is something I think you can bring in other ways if you're a good player. I don't like the basketball mentality with footballers myself who, you know, the shooter's mentality where I'm just going to keep putting shots up because I'm a shooter. So if, you can't, if you're not taking marks, to me, one thing you can continue to do is keep going for them. I would rather you just said, OK, I'm going to bring this ball to ground a few times. My next four or five contests, I'm actually not going to try and mark, it. I'm going to compete and make sure I don't get outmarked. So that's going to be my starting position for my next four contests. Because to me, footy's always been a contest-by-contest contest game. So I always wanted to break it down to the next ball that comes your way. So... I don't know, some guys maybe continue to try and get that easy ball or continue to get on the outside or maybe I'll get an easy possession. Um, I I, I like the other guys who thought, okay, I'm going to get a bruise here.
2: I think that ultimately comes back to what they value internally. Like the biggest shift that I saw with Melbourne and the reason why I think now they have become such a great team is because they the not intangibles, but the focuses for them were always around minimum level of expectation and you bring that coupled with effort and it's all focused on team. Um, so the things that you spoke of were the things that we rewarded. So some forward some weeks with clunk marks kick goals. But if you're having a game like that, awesome. But if you weren't, there was a still a minimum level of expectation which essentially holds your position in the team, that you compete, that you defend, that you chase, that you put pressure on, that you still run the system as far as getting emptying out the forward line and getting up the ground to defend. And there's, there was such a shift in, not necessarily numbers, but what you brought from a contribution point of view, what your role looked like, and then a minimum level of expectation. And there was the shift from, so you, you as a midfielder, for instance, it wasn't around numbers. It was around working together as a unit. You know, the results that we would get as a midfield group and then... The, so the thing James Kelly touched on before, not too dissimilar to Melbourne, we started to review games functioning as a team. So it was never the midfield's fault. It was never the backline's fault. It was never the forward's fault. We were all contributing offensively. We contribute together as 18 players on the ground. Same defensively and the same at stoppages. So, and that's how we reviewed. And everyone had a function within that to perform.
1: How do you keep someone what's the best method of keeping players individually or collectively accountable as you say is it calling them out in a review is it actually dropping a player sometimes to make an example what, what or is it the peer the peer group of accountability that works the best but interesting both your thoughts well, I, on
0: that my day you got called out a quarter time in front of everybody you didn't chase you didn't tackle you you went for a mark from behind you shouldn't have so you know you got blasted in front of everybody at quarter time. It's changed a little bit, Jonesy, hasn't it? Yeah,
2: absolutely. There's still an element of that. It's all, it's like, but there's a greater understanding now of different personalities and, you know, different generations within the team and how guys handle feedback differently and those kind of things because ultimately, you know, one one shoe doesn't fit and, you know, you may give some guys a spray and they go completely in your shell, you don't get a response. But then there's other guys, their personality profile suggests that you can give them a rocket mm. and
0: then you are going to get a big response from them. The co- Coaches didn't take that into account once upon a time. Absolutely. It, well, you, you just blasted everybody. If there was a guy who missed a tackle then he got blasted he equally it. for missing the tackle, just like a bloke who can take the spray would get blasted. Yeah,
2: and ultimately that's the challenge of a coach. The coach is to sort of motivate and, uh, you know, inspire everyone. maybe we everyone. need to go
0: back to the old style and actually say, OK, well, I know you might you might sook about it, but I can't not tell you in front of the group that you should have laid that tackle. You yeah. shouldn't have tried to take that mark from behind because you cost us. So maybe a player's feelings should be taken into account less sometimes. Otherwise, we do get this up-and-down level of effort.
2: I think that's a fine balance. So, like, internally, that is being called out, and I think that's the reflection of the culture. It's not to say that it's ignored, Mm. um, but we're not trying to embarrass you. We're actually trying to make you better, and over time, that's been built into the psyche at Melbourne. So there was always an accountability and a responsibility that if you want to play in this team, this is what you deliver. Mm. And if you didn't do it, you were going to be told, and you'd be given a chance to continue to get better. Coaches would work really hard with you. You know, they'd watch vision and educate you. So guys were very much. But that's Tuesday.
0: Well, that's Monday. So what about the quarter time accountability that's discussion? Still, that that
2: absolutely still happened. Well, from my experience, that yeah. still happened because what we'd talk about is there's a you know a discrepancy between the communication you would receive Monday to Friday and what you would get on game day and the reason why was game day was the day that you had to perform it was performance day and there was an there was a high uh you know response rate needed so we hmm. could get the job done so um you know we learned to live with feedback game day was going to have a heightened level of urgency because but you're a we,
0: senior player did you have to do that sometimes absolutely, Grab a and yeah, absolutely. Not good enough.
2: yeah for sure I think the challenge is what what I really noticed when the team progressed from being an average team to a really good team the coach didn't even have to say anything mm. because there was such a level of accountability amongst the playing group if if you know if you like Melbourne are a very uh, selfless team particularly going forward but if someone had a selfish shot at goal I guarantee you they've been told before they even have the chance to send a runner out right. every sort of senior I'm not even seeing you play. Every player within the Ford group and in within the vicinity would have said, "Hey, that's not what we do." Kind of thing. We um, put a
0: camera on that these days, though, so it's more difficult to do that, isn't it? Because then they'll say, "Gee, Nathan Jones was nasty to, to Luke Jackson." There. Yeah,
2: well, I think then that's the that's the probably the progression in it as well. You know, it's not demonstrative, mm. but absolutely they know, and you know, it's at times it's even more impactful with the less aggressive you are because. Mm. It's, uh, you know, you feel like you've really let your team down. You
1: probably don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> that the great Ron Barassi. All right, we'll take a break. AFL Nation for Sports Power. We'll get the latest Puma footy boots in store at Sports Power now. And as always, you can get involved on in the Southern Phone open line. Switch and save with Southern Phone mobile plans. It's Hawthorne's turn to do their early warm-up for Ream. Install a Ream, Australia's favourite hot water. Back with more from the MCG. 31 minutes to the opening bounce. Hawthorne v Geelong on this Easter Monday football.
3: You're listening to the 2022 Premiership Season on AFL Nation for Beaumont Tiles. For all your tiling needs, in stock now.
1: Great chat uh, from Nathan Jones and Dwayne Russell about uh, getting the best out of players, holding them accountable. I love you lads too coming through on the temper text. But uh, At one point, Fritz absolutely sprayed Cosie Pickett right in front of me. Hitting the post and not giving the hands from the boundary on Saturday night. So player to player, they certainly still let you know. AFL Nation for Sports Power. Get the latest Puma footy boots in store at Sports Power now. So how important is body language? This is more on-ground stuff, but how important is body language and that sort of stuff around the difference between spraying and you know getting down on yourself or down on a teammate?
2: Yeah, well, it's sort of um, you know Goody in particular from my experience really drove a lot of that particularly from a leader um, sort of aspect you know uh, depending on state of game and what sort of unfolded the impact that you can have on others by how you carry yourself um, whether the game's won or lost or you're winning or losing um, you know it's sort of how impactful that is and then obviously the language and the way in which you deliver feedback and hold each other accountable so there's a lot of work that went into that we spoke a little bit off air about I think it's just the progression in sort of performance psychology and understanding you know in this day and age the game is full blown professional you spend more time with your teammates and coaches than you do with your family really so you understand and know each other intimately and within that it's trying to inspire and bring the best out of each other and um, you know I think all of those things that we've mentioned including body language have a real impact in terms of you know how the team sort of generates its own energy and uh, and functions as well as it can.
1: All right, we do need to take another break. It will be clear our commitments and then we're going to be joined by a number of stations around the country. So uh, just a short little chat there, but we will expand further and turn our attention on to matters which are imminent at the MCG, 24 minutes away from the opening bounce. The Hawks and the Cats continue their Easter Monday tradition next on AFL Nation.
3: Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it, like um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.